It was this then, the mystery of man seizing from the land, and the land seizing back, year after year, that drew Douglas, knowing the towns never really won, they only existed in calm peril. Ray Bradbury, Dandelion Wine. Ben Debus is a graduate of Indiana University's MFA program. His poems have appeared most recently in Spoon River Poetry Review, Cincinnati Review, and Lumina. He lives near Detroit with his wife, poet Kate Wetzel, and teaches at a local university. Welcome to the Poets Weave. I'm Christopher Citro. Ben, what poems do you have for us today? Swimming Oval River with my brother, Spooner County, Wisconsin. I asked the moon to float a honey cake, to ripple, swollen bright upon the waves. It spun, a sparklered pinwheel, embered down on us in mica flecks of flame. Water held no light. Water'd hold us up as long as we could sluice our swim-bent limbs through silt and move. Beneath us, fish fin jetties met and curled together. In-swirled suction spheres, like space-time's fabric, punctured and compressed to black holes slurping starscapes. That is darkness like our night. The air as thick as liquid, the river in unmingled colloids oil. The north bank's shore were farther into land. The rapture claimed our mother from the clay behind us as she'd prayed it would. I prayed for us, for uncramped muscle, prayed as though my name were Orpheus and towed you through the understream on tethers of my breath. The Abandoned House at 824 Sleepy Hollow Road The timbers whinny as flame mounts the house. They nicker underneath their rider, groan to hold their own weight up. The resins boil like sweat beads from the grain. The whole house strains. The ceiling bucks its trim and plaster flakes from girders, snowfall shaken from a main. The fire holds tight against the walls, spreads out across the floorboards, clenches tight as thighs around a pony's chest and won't be thrown. The other houses lean along the lane like stabled horses. Burning digs its spurs. Burst pipes snort steam and rivets and get white as rolling eyes. The flame lifts, lassos fire around the roof beams, tugs. Now lintels rear from their posts. The walls collapse, exhausted flanks. Above, a star field opens in the clouds. And still, the fire speeds on, as if the house might gain a purchase on the slope of wind, might rise, a roan beneath a demon thief, to run a burning arc across the air. The Abandoned House at 610 Sleepy Hollow Road The pilot gutters, snuffs inside the gust, that rasps in through the shattered window pane. Its methane wick, now stripped of flame, unspools between the oven hood and range, a hiss as if the house had lips, had puckered them to whistle music through its empty rooms, and for a week had tried to chime but failed. The baseboard mice grow faint and choke inside their nests, squeeze through the entryways they've chewed to breathe the ice-crisp air. If we could stain the gas, could dye it blue as the plume of fire that capped it like a spectral feather, that billowing would seem like ribbon pulled by some clear hand, an endless banner reamed off a spinning wheel beneath the earth, 
woven flax unfurled across the floors and piled in waving folds in every drawer, stuffed hard beneath the doors, each room a bloat of cloth. Outside, the mice scoop burrows, tremble down inside the earth, but cannot sleep. They shake up through the snow to watch the house and wait. The house waits too, a husk that slowly swells beneath the snow, for anyone who come in from the dark and cold, who flip a switch and lose the light and heat, a sudden flash. The Vacant House at 513 Sleepy Hollow Road Despite what happened in the attic room, the house knew care. The last to live there tore out what they could not save. The splintered door, the axe-notched jam, drove miles to find a wood that matched, to sift for knobs in thrift store bins. Gothic revival, narrow, tall, the roof, a flock of peaks from which three chimney stacks, a spire, a weather vane arose, the walls, a cloak of coal gray stone. The house stood out amongst the newer homes. The men inside it stood out too, and so, as best their funds allowed, they labored to preserve its style. They hinged new shutters, jigsawed lacy trim to ride beneath the eaves, replaced cracked brick. They slid the rippled windows from their wells, each wider than a span of arms, caulked in clear panes. Inside, they primered every wall and laid new floorboards, puttied in the nicks along the stair rails, polished all the wood until it shone as if encased in resin. In only thirty years, they'd made such space for light that even in the attic room, the sun came in and could be coaxed to stay a while. That room most needed light, they said. They'd tell their neighbors how the window there would not stay propped, how every shirt they hung upon that door would curl up at the cuff, and how, some time between the dusk and dawn, a palm-sized stain would swell up from the floor. They're somewhere in Ohio now, or Maine, or driving, still not quite sure where to go. And now there's no one left to let in air, or light, to sweep or polish, scrub the floor, the way a father might smooth out a child who dreams a room from which he cannot run. There's no one left to wake the house. And so, each night, the stain returns, the window drops, the door swings closed, and braces for a blow. You've been listening to poetry by Ben Debus on The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro. You can visit The Poet's Weave online at wfiu.org slash poetsweave.